Um, I used to have a Kimber. Do you remember Kimber? I don't even know if they're still out or not, but when Kimber first came out. Beware of guns named after strippers. (laughs) (laughs) You can't get them as a sponsor now, Clint. (laughs) (laughs) Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. Welcome, everybody, to Meet the Pressers. My name is Clint Macro, and this is my co-host, Matthew Mallory. Meet the Pressers is a safe place for trigger pressers and people of the defensive mindset to gather and congregate and fellowship and talk about guns, gear, gadgets, training, sometimes religion, and political activism. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Presser is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Today, we have uh, two special guests. One of them has been on the show before, Mr. Dale Comstock. And Matt, why don't you go ahead and introduce our other featured guest? Definitely. Joseph Tedai is a veteran and also co-star of Dual Survival, correct? Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, glad to have you on, sir. Any, anything else that I missed on that? I know you've got a, a illustrious career, and I, I kind of skated over a lot, but. Uh, boy, yeah, I mean, you know, short and sweet. I, I actually left for the Marine Corps about 10 days after I graduated high school. Um, the proverbial 99-pound weakling went in the Marines, boot camp Paris Island, infantry school camp Geiger. Uh, I was actually an honor graduate out of infantry school. And while I was there, they had a recruiting team from 2nd Force Recon come, uh, which at that time was the only force reconnaissance unit in the Marine Corps. Um, there was only one. And so that was in the early eighties. So I went to second force and then, uh, I was there for three years. My last year I was in third recon battalion in Okinawa, got out, break in service, moved to Vegas, uh, went, went to UNLV, uh, became a stockbroker of all things. And, uh, was a stockbroker for Bear Stearns for about, eh, about five years, maybe, um, mildly successful, but I was the, the proverbial round peg in a square hole, you know? So I did that for a bit, and then I went back in SF. I went to SFASQ course, and then um, right when I was getting ready to ETS, I was uh, contacted by a government um, counterterrorist unit uh, that actually Dale and I served in together, um, and that's where I met Dale. And then all of my deployments downrange um, to uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, and um other beautiful vacation spots um, was with that unit. So, um, and that's pretty much the nickel tour. And that's, that's how I met Dale as well. So Dale, you guys are working together on a, on a project. I know you're a man of business and you have your hands in many different pots. What's the project that you guys are working together and what was the genesis of that? Yeah. So, um, so Joe and I started a company called tier one performance coaching. And back in January, I got a call from Joe and Joe said, listen, uh, you know, so a little backstory with this thing. So Joe, after he left the show, Dual Survival, was kind of under the radar doing his own thing, you know, flipping houses, a lot of other stuff that he was involved in, and uh, wrote his book. And he told me, uh, hey, my book's coming out, and, you know, I want to I wanna kind of reset everything and, and, and basically start a new life, so to speak. And he was really interested in coming to Bali, where I also live. So I live, I live in uh, Bali, Indonesia, and I also live here in Panama City Beach, so I, I commute back and forth. Um, but anyways, and uh, he said, I want to really come to Bali, kind of do what you're doing, live a, a different life, and uh, it is a different world. I mean, it really is. Um, only reason I come back to Florida is because I have a daughter here in, in Panama City Beach, and I come back for her, and I maintain a home for her. If it wasn't for her, I'd probably never come back. Um, it's paradise, literally paradise. And uh, so, you know, he said, I want to I wanted come over there. And so we got to talk about, well, you know, the question was, well, what are you going to do, you know, for, you know, income and, you know, how are we going to survive over there? And uh, so we kicked some cans down the street and originally we were going to start a, uh, uh, 
a survival school there because there's about four to six million tourists that come there every year to Bali and it's a small island. And, uh, and so there's a lot of activities there. We thought it'd be kind of cool, open up some type of a jungle, or not jungle school, but a survival school. Cause you got an ocean, you got jungle and kinds of things. And uh, so that was the initial plan. And then uh, I've been doing on the side, I've also been doing personal performance, a uh, personal and professional performance coaching for about the last three years. And uh, we got talking about that and we decided, well, why don't we both team up and do, you know, the coaching stuff? Because after doing, you know, I already kind of knew this, but Joe started digging into it. He's like, man, there are a lot of guys out there that are making literally tens of millions of dollars a year. Um, and I, I'll name a few I won't by name, but we're talking about elite stockbrokers what they call themselves bankers that went through a weekend warrior course at some seal thing or whatever and suddenly they've appropriated this culture this military culture and they even use the taglines of warrior camp and stuff like that and i'm going to make you a better man you know you come to my training and they're charging ridiculous right, amounts of money and they have actually don't have as far as i'm concerned do not have the the level of skill sets um that joe and i combined can bring to the table and it's not just you know uh you know our our, our certificates and, and stuff like that it's also the delivery and our insight on how to succeed in life you said it a minute ago you know i got my hands in many you know many dykes so to speak um and you know as far as business is concerned a lot of other things and it's because of the certain type of mindset that we're promoting um it is a mindset in fact uh it's a frequency literally a frequency albert einstein said if you want to be successful you need to get on a frequency of success and it's not how many times you do it it's literally frequency electromagnetic frequency and so we are teaching something completely um that's not well understood um by the average person but it's central to our successes when you look at you know joe's resume and his bios you look at mine it's like we've achieved quite a bit in our lifetime and it's not because we work harder necessary it's because we work smarter, smarter and yeah. we also understand that there's there's this other thing out there this i don't want to call it a secret but it, for most people it is a secret they don't understand it but there's another thing out there that will allow you to succeed um without having to work hard um and it, by, by working smarter and by thinking your way through it you can achieve about anything you want to do in life so that sounds what like we're doing. it sounds like with uh you the marketing aspect of it is really what they're they're pushing they they see a gold mine and then they're taking that and they've got the marketing behind them. And it's kind of reminiscent of like a, of a, a third person shooter game or something, right? Somebody yeah. who's been on there. You, you always see the, the little skits where somebody comes out and, hey, have you ever shot a 50 cal? Oh, yeah, yeah I shot a 50 cal. And they're like 15. Like when? Oh, I was on, uh, you know, this, this one game sniper recon or whatever <laughs> yeah. uh, on my Xbox. Exactly. You know, that, yeah, that, that, that just exactly. popped in my head when you said that as far as these people yeah. taking the training and they just – they see. I mean, the good thing is they see it and they're a marketer, but you know, the bad well, news, the bad thing is, is that they don't know outside of that training that they took. They have no real world application. Yeah. They have no way to, to see if the, the wheels come off it. Well, what do you do now? That's exactly yeah. right. And, and that's something that, that really shocked me because Dale's been doing this for a while. And when I started looking into it and, and seeing who these people were and, and the amount of money that they were charging and, and I could do simple math, you know, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, a, a mathematical genius, but I know if you're running so many students through a course a year and you're charging $10,000 a person, yep. um, and it was just staggering because I was saying to myself, you know, how are these guys, how are these guys that didn't have these backgrounds, um, these warrior backgrounds, teaching guys how to be warriors uh, strictly from a book smarter, like Dale said, you know, I went to this two-day, you know, warrior camp, you know, SEAL camp, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Uh, it just shocks me that uh, they were able to market that, uh, Matt. That's staggering. And you got to take your hat off to them because, you know, to be able to market that and get that many people and not have the credentials to teach it blew me away. And that's why I called Dale. I'm like, dude, this is I, – I can't believe this. We, sh we should do something. Fake it until you make it. Well, yeah. we yeah. – <laughs> I think this is always is, – is it, is it safe? Is it ethical and contextually appropriate? And I don't have the military background that you guys do, but I have full confidence in my ability to teach my fellow law-abiding citizens how to conceal carry a firearm and make good decisions right. as a law-abiding citizen. You know, so there, that's the contextually appropriate thing. But I would not go and teach someone to do like SF survival school because mm -hmm. where's the integrity there, right? Sure. No, it's, it's a good point, you know, and, uh, you know, and so 
you know, I like to think that uh, me and Joe, um, you know, we're men of integrity. I am. I'll tell you right now, you're not going to catch, you're not going to find any gray area out there on me. You know, there might be some people who might lie about it, but, uh, you know, to me, integrity is everything. And there's a big part of me in business, particularly, that uh, there's definitely ways to get around things and cheat and, and, and you know, and pay people on the table. But that's not that's not how I was raised and certainly not raised in the army as well either. Right. And, uh, it's honor and integrity, but, uh, um, the good news is, you know, other people have recognized that we do have some very large marketing companies now behind us, um, that, uh, you know, are, are putting their wallets behind us to, to, to promote us. And so I will tell you that watch us probably within the next year. Um, you know, and there's a, there's a timeline. We've got a, we've got a roadmap to success, so to speak. You're going to see, uh, you're going to see something that you probably haven't seen before. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to change the industry. Um, just because we have this, you know, we have the certain skills, we have the experiences and, uh, and ultimately I think, uh, you know, it's our honor, our integrity and our willingness to help other people. It's not just about the money. Um, I have a lot of clients that I, I coach. Some of them can't afford it. They're literally out of work, broke, living in, in you know, empty trailers. And uh, they're good people, um, you know, that have nothing and they need to get ahead. And I'm willing to, I'm willing to lend my time, you know, to kind of help get them, uh, get them redirected and inspire them to move forward, you know, because, you know, we're all going to hit the bottom sometime, you know. And uh, I look at it like this. When I hit the bottom, I use that as an opportunity to bounce really high. Hey, folks, this is Jeff Gonzalez with Trading Concepts. I'm super excited to be on the show, Meet the Pressers with Matt and Clint. Make sure you're following us on all the social media. Definitely check it out. Until then, adios. Meet the Pressers. Well, Enjoy Joe, I, I can imagine trying to keep up with him has to be a, <laughs> a, a, a challenge in itself. Uh, this man is like on 100 miles an hour, like Energizer Bunny speed. I start talking, man. I will stop, right? Yeah, but that's, that's great. But I, I can say like working with Matt, you know, it's it's such a, a refreshing thing to be teamed up with someone else that can match your power and maybe even yeah, exceed thanks. it and push you to strive even further. So yeah. Uh, yeah, how, so how do you feel about working with this man? Yeah, so, you know, I've, I've owned... Oh my lord! At least a dozen businesses I've sold to. Uh, you know, I've made like Dale said. You know, I've made a lot of money. I've lost money too. Um, the times I've lost money, it's because of the partner. And mm -hmm. I can honestly say that uh, either flat ripped off, uh, or just the partner didn't perform. Yeah. The great thing about Dale is I know where he comes from. I know him personally. You know, we served together downrange. Um, he's the man of honor, integrity. You know. He's not a guy that, you know, if we're talking, I say, Dale, can you do this, you know, uh, and then, you know, not have to worry that it's being done. And right. same with him. It, there, I don't have to micromanage Dale. He doesn't have to micromanage me. Yep. We have great communication. That's another thing. You know, we respect each other. We communicate, um, you know, and of course, do we agree on everything? Of course not. But that's what makes a great business. You get that synergy going. And, we, and we've done it many times, Dale, where we talked about some of the way the website should be wording. We start talking and boom, you know, the idea that I had and the idea he had, we actually make something that's even better. So, yeah, it's great. But, yeah, he's – Dale's a super successful guy. You know, he's done very, very well for himself, uh, you know, in the military, government, business, financially. Um, and, and I respect that. That's who I want to be in business with, you know. I want to be in business with awesome. someone that's at my level or better. Yeah. That's how I'm going to get. <laughs> hey, we, get, we got one more element in this thing, right? We kind of we kind of didn't mention it. It's my daughter, uh, my daughter Danielle. Oh yes, she's Danielle. Doing, yeah, she's doing actually all the uh, all the internet marketing stuff. I mean, she developed our websites, all that stuff, right? And she's very savvy on that. Um, and she also is a um, a performance coach. She actually coaches women entrepreneurs on internet marketing techniques, and she does very well at it. And in fact, she's the one that talked me into doing. Uh, personal performance coaching three years ago but uh, the funny thing is right so she's a lot like me and <laughs> and one day so when we first started teaming up you know we basically said okay Danielle we're going to defer to you on how to you know make all this how to market this stuff because that's you know key mm -hmm. and uh, without that we have nothing and so that's her been her mission and I remember one day she uh, you know so Joe and I being the kind of type a personalities we are you know um, you know we decide we're going to run with the ball the way we want to run it. When she's actually coaches go, no, it's got to go this way. No, we want to go this way because we, we don't know what we're doing, but it just feels right. And, uh, 
and finally she just put she put uh, put us in check, especially Joe. <laughs> and uh, he was so pissed off. He's like, huh? And he called me up later. He goes, dude. He goes, if it was your daughter or anybody else, I'd have fired her on the spot. I go, dude. I said, you know what? My daughter doesn't sugarcoat anything. She's also a little American badass. That, that's a that's a Del Comstock daughter for she sure. She pull those punches. I was like really proud. I go, you better get used to it. You know, I mean, she can roll over and go, okay, yes, Joe, whatever you want. No, she's gonna push back. What I've always found interesting with any of my business ventures is you you go into it with a notion of like, what's my mission? What do I want to do? And once you actually start, the business actually starts doing its thing, it evolves. Yes. It, it's like every business I've had that was successful, and I've had plenty that weren't, uh, the ones that were successful, they were successful a little bit differently than I thought they were going to be. You know, maybe maybe that it, maybe it evolved into something else, or I ended up servicing a client that I didn't actually recognize prior to. You know, everything's work in progress. You know, business is is always work in progress. Yeah, you're always raising the bar, and you know, if you're not going forwards, going backwards, that whole thing. So it's exciting. I uh, you know I um I, I like Dale said, I love to teach. That is my passion. Whether it's you know performance coaching or any kind of tactical training, I just enjoy training because I learn something from it all the time myself. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, just, it's, a great, and, and, it's a great fit. You know, and, and, and when you build a team, you know, and this, so here's the teacher coming out of me, you know, there's five stages to team building. You know, the first one is forming uh, followed by storming. It's where everybody's locking hordes and hordes and trying to position mm. and figure out where they belong in this whole thing. And eventually, you know, you, everything kind of normalizes and then you start performing and uh, hopefully we never adjourn, you know, that, the fifth, the fifth stage is actually termination, you know, adjourning. But, uh, you know, I'm sure one day we'll, when we die, we'll adjourn. But so it's, you know, so we're in these phases, but we're, we're in the, uh, we're in the norming performing phase. Now we got through the, uh, the storming phase and everybody knows their, uh, their seat in the cockpit. And uh, now we're going to fly this thing together. Folks, it's Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. I train cops in all 50 states. I, uh, I train every uh, military armed forces, all of our tier one spec ops. Uh, I also train civilian sheepdogs. My book on combat is the definitive reference for those who are going to be in the fight. Issued in the DA Academy, Marshals Academy, Marine Corps Commandant's Required Reading. A lot of other books, but one of the ones for your purposes is my book, Sheepdogs. It's for kids. It's about becoming a sheepdog, getting their head right, getting their heart right. It talks a lot about military law enforcement sheepdogs. People said, Dave, I'm at the NRA every year. What about all of us civilian sheepdogs? Well, we wrote the book, Why Mommy Carries a Gun. But for all of you sheepdogs out there, all you magnificent Americans who are, who are pushing the frontiers of freedom, you need to be at Meet the Pressers. I love that name. We're all trigger pressers. We are all pressers. Come meet the pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro, awesome Americans in the front lines of freedom. Be there. You'll be glad you did. Meet the Pressers. I actually use a... So this is one of the things I like to talk about sometimes is when it comes to business development and starting a business, um, I actually use the same approach that I would um, a special forces FID mission, foreign internal defense, right? We, I actually use an operations order format for my business plan. Um, you know, all this MBA stuff, I'm not knocking it, but uh, I like to simplify everything. So my approach is very similar to um, using a military operations order format and a FID mission format, right? So, you know, once I'm, you know, once you're operational, you know, you have to be able to do what? You have to be able to fraggle a mission, right? Fragmentation order means the mission, we've got to deviate because it's not going to go exactly to plan. There's some other elements that are presented that uh, are going to create these variables that we're going to have to either negotiate or, or you know, whatever. And so, um, so it's a fragmentation order, so to speak. We're going to fraggle this thing and we're going to, we're going to deviate a little bit to the right and then move forward, right? So um, it's all part of the, it's an evolutionary process. Business is evolutionary. Um, if you go into it, you know, with this mindset that it's going to be, you know, this perfect construct and we're going to do it exactly like this, uh, you set yourself up for failure because you're not allowing for the variables and all the unexpected variables. And by the way, with time, everything changes, man. You know, mm -hmm. even, you know, like security, for example, you know, every time in the security world, um, a bad guy does something, you know, unique, it's like, shit, we got to come up with a countermeasure, right, to, to, to defend against it. As soon as you do that, he's figured out another pl another plan to overcome that one. And, so, yep. and we're always one step behind the adversary, you know, usually two steps, right? And 
you, uh, the only way you get ahead of your adversary or even your business competitors is to anticipate the next paradigm, be able to look way down the road and go, you know what, this is what's going to happen. I can kind of see a trend going this way yep. and try to get in front of it rather than trying to play catch up. And that's the difference between people that succeed in business and those that get left behind. Um, you have to be evolutionary in your way of thinking. You have to anticipate paradigms, uh, the next paradigm. Um, you also have to challenge paradigms and, and enculturation because a lot of times we're enculturated in a mindset that it has to be this way. And, uh, and I found that the best way to, to run a business is think asymmetrically way outside the box. That's why I use the mm -hmm. FID mission, the special forces approach to this whole thing, winning hearts and minds. And uh, it's just this mindset that I've, you know, Joe, all of us have, you know, inculcated it, you know, and learned it, um, you know, since the time we were in the military. I'm pretty sure that you, when you approach your business, um, you know, your business plan, you're thinking with a military mindset more mm -hmm. so than, you know, a civilian corporate mindset because it's already ingrained in us. Shock and so, awe, man. Shock and awe. Yeah, I always tell people, man, you know what? The military is the best show in town because whether you know it or not, they've already given you the essential tools for business development. You don't even know it yet, right? Yeah. And so cool. you have a lot of experience. Anybody that's a veteran out there, man, you have more knowledge than you think you know, and you're more, you're probably going to be more effective than your peers, your peers as soon as you step out in the world. And uh, you're highly competitive. You know, don't discount what you learn in the military, man. They've given you an MBA. Um, you know, use it was, it. it was huge for me when I got out, uh, I interviewed with a, a Marine, uh, I, I was going to say former Marine, but once a Marine, always a Marine, right? Uh, interview with a Marine who uh, was the area manager for Arby's down in North Carolina. Uh, I'm sorry, down in, um, uh, yeah, well, it was North Carolina. Uh, so I ended up, when I got out, I went up as an assistant manager of Arby's. I was basically just learning the roles and then they ended up terminating the general manager of one of the Arby's that they put me in as the assistant manager after I got trained. And they, they fired him and made me the interim. So the entire month of December, I worked every single, I was, I was 21 years old and worked every single day except for Christmas day because we were closed. I lived an hour from the location. I lived in Raleigh, North Carolina. It was in Research Triangle Park, RTP, Durham, North Carolina. And uh, I, I basically almost slept at the restaurant some nights because it was so exhausted from being there. But because of that, um, I got promoted. I was the youngest general manager in Arby's history at 21 years old and in charge of almost a million dollar a year restaurant. And, yeah, and, and I've awesome. carried, I've carried that forward. And even now, like taser, I seen the writing on the wall, like you were saying, Dale, it's, it's, it's right in the back of my head. Exactly what I thought. I said, okay, listen, tasers selling tasers to New York residents now because of the judges ruling because of the 2016 Supreme court ruling on tasers and stun guns. So I got certified as a taser instructor. I'm New York State's first civilian taser instructor. And I was putting, I put the first course on. I taught the first class of people in New York State to take the course and nobody else has that credit. And even USCCA, I'm the first training counselor and first senior training counselor in New York State. Um, so I, I'm right there with you. When you say that, that just, that hit home. That's exactly yeah. my mind says. See that wave and get on the top of that wave so that you beat your competitors out. Yeah, I've yeah, always just been ambitious. I worked for somebody for two months the summer after I graduated high school. And I said, I'm never working for somebody ever again. So I'm the somebody I work for. So yeah. I get to put up with my own boss. <laughs> hey, no lie, guys. I was involved in a business not too long ago. I recently sold my interest um, not long ago. And I worked, I'm not exaggerating, 381 days without a day off. Mm. And no That's joke. Tough. It, yeah. And you know, it money's great. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I got my Z06 Corvette parked behind this white or this black um, drape here. I like, I like nice things. Don't get me wrong, but you got to have quality of life. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You, you guys are successful. You all done very, very well. You know, Dale's one, we've all done well, but you got to have quality of life. And that was something when Dale and I were talking, you know, about this in the beginning, I just wanted quality of life. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable financially right now. I got no worries. Um, you know, everything's good uh, for now. But like Dale said, you know what, that all can go away. It don't take a lot. You know, I don't care yeah, how many millions of dollars you got in the bank. Um, that can all go away real quick. But, um, but yeah, it's just quality of life for Dale and I right now, you know, and Trying to keep the drama, try to keep the drama well, life out of it. You know? Yeah, well, Speak dramas, we, we need to avoid drama whenever possible. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't and, do anybody good. And speaking of that, I mean, you guys have alluded to a lot of things as far as being successful, <laughs> being successful in the industry. You both have been on TV. You both have been in the military, right? Um, so when we come around to that, there's going to be people that, that we run across in life. And I think all four of us have had these types of people, um, whether they're, they're, 
friends, competitors, just people in the woodwork, whatever, that, that come out. And even more now, it's scary with the ERPOs, emergency risk protection orders, the red flag laws right. and such, uh, even bearing false witness, swatting and different things like that that people are doing and, and, and such. And the classes that Clint and I teach, and especially like my Article 35, I talk to people about that, that you just rub somebody the wrong way and they could call the cops on you and, and lie. And have, they have no conscience whatsoever of how it's going to affect your life. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. I, I've actually, um, <laughs> I've actually been uh, very familiar with what you just said uh, in a very um, heinous way. Um, and I, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to give this individual a whole lot of time. And I, I, you know, he's he's had enough time in the limelight. But I had a friend of mine, and literally, we were very close friends. I babysat his son uh, when he was shooting a show. Um, but long story short, this gentleman's name is Michael Hawkeye, uh, Dale knows, and I'll let Dale say his piece if he wants, but, you know, uh, when I got on dual survival, um, you know, this gentleman, uh, well, he's not a gentleman, this individual, um, really went after me online. He originally started talking in a very surreptitious way, you know, he was hiding his identity. And then finally I called him on it and he kind of came out of the closet about it and, Long story short, uh, he wouldn't stop. So uh, in 2014, um, I sued him. Uh, and I can say this legally, I've already talked to my attorney about it and I've posted it on my, on my, on my Facebook page, uh, Joseph Ted Idol Survival. Uh, I sued him and in 2016, he settled out of court uh, for an undisclosed amount of money. And um, to this day, he continues after I've sued him. Yes, sir. I know, Matt. Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he actually, no lie, when my book came out, I told my publisher, I guarantee you within 72 hours, you will be getting a phone call or an email right on the money. What called my publisher, sent him stuff. I mean, it, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, you know, I understand if somebody doesn't like a person, that's one thing. But this individual has called me a felon, stolen valor, hmm. you know, that I was kicked out of every unit I've ever been in. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It, it is incredible. I've never seen anything like it. And this is a guy I used to work with and a friend, wow. you know, and, and he tried out for dual survival and he wasn't picked and I was. So that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, and I'm going to say this right now, you know, uh, he, he, I've posted this stuff on my Facebook page. It's all there for people to see. I've got the letter from my attorney. Oh, here's the other thing. He told everybody, but Santa Claus, as a matter of fact, I got a letter from Santa Claus right here. I think <laughs> Yeah, that, that I dropped the case because of some general, uh, comment. That is a complete lie, <laughs> a complete lie. And if you go on my Facebook page, there is a letter from my attorney stating so, he settled out of court for an undisclosed amount of money. This guy went after Dale too. So Dale, I don't want to speak for you, but if you want to yeah. say anything, you go ahead. Yeah, this guy, so I've known him, so let me back up a little bit. I've known Joe since 2008. We've worked together overseas. Um, we've worked together at CONUS on different projects. So, you know, so first of all, Joe is not stolen valor. He's never come out and said he's went to combat with the military. Um, he has been to combat because he and I have been slinging lead together downrange. So yeah, to me, that makes him a veteran of combat. And uh, I don't know how else you would describe that, right? He was a contractor. Um, he wasn't a security guard or anything like that. We were, we were going out literally prosecuting targets together um, directly. And so, I vouched for Joe and suddenly I became also the next target for supporting Joe. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a man of integrity. And, um, and so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stand for what is right. So I did, I backed Joe up on it, even though a lot of people were coming after him. And I have personal knowledge that this guy, he told me this because he didn't realize that Joe and I were friends at the beginning, that he was going to basically do everything he could to undermine Joe. And, uh, and I told him, I said, I don't think you should be saying something like that to me because that's really not too cool. Um, anyway, to make a long story short, um, you know, so I've been in the middle of this thing. I've seen directly what has happened. And, uh, and Joe is right. He did sell out of court because I was on my way up there to testify on Joe's behalf 
uh, would, because I had direct knowledge of what I was told by this other individual. And it was at that point he realized, I guess, that, uh, you know, that was a game changer for him. And he did settle out of court along with several other people that were involved in the lawsuit. It was all slanderous. It was originally I was told by the other guy it was over a knife design. I'm like, are you kidding me? You, you're losing your shit over a knife design, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, so, and then I found out about the whole TV show stuff, you know, and I was like, okay, it's starting to make some sense now. Man, if that, if that passion and that energy could be redirected, redirected into something positive, imagine what they could do for their own success or for that. Exactly. Of and guys, let me say this right now for those that are listening. Get on the computer and pull up the Stolen Valor Act. What is so crazy is this guy was telling people what it is not. The Stolen Valor Act has to do with the saying that you've got medals, okay? Right. Silver Star, Bronze Star, Purple Heart, you know, Medal of Honor, saying mm -hmm. you've got those when they've never been conferred and going and using that information and obtaining money for it. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's the Stolen Valor Act. Right. That is the law. Pull it up yourself and read it. I have never, ever talked about medals that I've not been conferred. Never. And again, I will challenge anybody watching this, show me a picture of me wearing a uniform or me talking about medals that I have not been conferred. Period. Never <laughs> happened. The unit I was in that I served with Dale – didn't give out medals. Well, actually, Dale, they did. There were actually two medals, and we're not going to talk about them because we know we what they are. If we do talk about them, <laughs> we're going to know what we're going to say. But anyway, Dale and I don't have those, okay? So that's what the Stolen Valor Law is. But what, what Mr. Hawkeye has told people is that because I called myself a combat veteran, <laughs> that that's Stolen Valor. Well, you know what? Let, like Dale said, what am I supposed to call myself? I served in combat with tier one units. I've been side by side with blue guys, which those of you don't know what that is, that's still team six. And I've been side by side with green guys in Iraq. That's Delta. Mm -hmm. Okay. Serving, doing missions with those guys. They can call themselves combat veterans and I can't. Well, you know what? I think that's a crock of shit. The problem with all this is right. It's not like it's some, you know, some childish playground feud because actually Joe had and Joe in the beginning never reciprocated at all and it came a point where the joe man if you don't if you don't push back you're like gonna not. get overrun in a yeah. bad way right and that's exactly what happened and he was pushed into finally to file a lawsuit which was very expensive um it was very expensive for everybody particularly the losers um but uh, nonetheless you know what a waste of time all that was yeah. right um and so you know so here we are you know today we and we still don't want to look i don't care about this guy you know, he, he, there's a psychopathy there, right? He's got some issues, no yeah. doubt. Nobody does that of sane mind. Um, right. And so, you know, and will he relent? Absolutely not. I promise you he'll be back. And he's already back, you know, and he'll continue because he's, he has no choice. He has no out. It's either be quiet and eat a lot of crow um, or come out and try to, try to fire back and defend yourself. But ultimately, there was a lot at stake in here because Joe had lost a lot of endorsements um, had a you know had a profound effect on some serious financial and professional consequences because it it, it just lingered too long, and uh, and so the the decision was made at one point it's time to uh, it's time to fight back and now now that we thought it was over here it comes again you know he raised her ugly head I'd like to button this up with one comment all right um, and and uh, Dill you know I I apologize to Dill professionally personally for him being attacked. Uh, by this guy and heinous things being said about Dale. Um, and, and I, and you know, I do owe Dale an apology because and I've told him that because of this individual, but I will tell you this. Uh, and I'm saying this to anybody listening. Um, I will not, will not sit back this time. Um, I promise you I've got the money and I've got the attorneys this time. I will not, I will sue again, whoever it is, whether it's Mr. Hawkeye if he doesn't keep his mouth shut, I will sue him again. And this time I will not settle out of court. I don't care if he backs up an 18 wheeler full of gold bullion and dumps it in my yard. I will not settle out of court this time. I will make him stand in front of a judge and jury and explain why he is continuing to do the same thing 
that he was sued for in 2014 and settled out of court in 2016. Now, I'm not a judge or an attorney, but I got a really hard time believing uh, that anybody is going to listen to an excuse on why have you not stopped. So anyway, that is the road that this is going. I hope it doesn't come to that. I've asked people on my Facebook page to pray for Mike. Uh, Lord knows he needs it. You know, um, I feel bad for everything that's happened. Um, but Dale's right. This time I'm not waiting. I will drop the hammer real fast. I'm already in touch with my attorneys, uh, you know, and I've already sent a letter to him in regards to this that he needs to stop. And uh, we shall see how it goes. But anyway. Well, it's, it's prudent to prepare for the worst. And then yeah. we can only hope for the best that maybe exactly. all this will diffuse and yeah. won't have to waste any more negative energy. And exactly. And that's, and that's what this is. It's negative energy. But again, I, I, I def, now, you know, that I'm in a better position in life financially, everything, I'm, I'm letting other people worry about it if it comes to that. So anyway, um, let's talk about guns or something. Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> to, to, to round that up, Dale, I, I appreciate your character because a lot of people getting – for lack of a better term, in bed with someone on a new venture and this kind of shit happens, we'll just drop the ball like a hot potato and run. And so I, I really appreciate your character in Absolutely. standing up with your with your business partner. I've always been a guy that's kind of stand my ground as far as, you know, when it comes to, you know, my integrity and uh, doing the right thing. And uh, I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to stand in the beaten zone you know, for Joe, if that's what it takes, I'll, I'm willing to do that for any of my friends. I don't care who you are, you know, and uh, I'll stand for what is right because I believe I always have. It's been my, you know, that's what's defined me in my life. Um, that's why I did the things I did in the military. And uh, if I did anything less than that, then that's, then I'm not that guy that I pretend to be. Right. So um, it's, it's the right thing to do. And I, and I have no problem with Joe, um, you know, and to be honest with you, you know, I'm not saying Joe's going to do anything like that, but if somehow for some reason I get screwed again, <laughs> so you know what? I'm Dale Comstock. I'll build another damn business. I'll make more go. money. I don't care. Oh, <laughs> Bring <cool>. it. <laughs> hey, greetings, everyone. This is Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. You know, once upon a time when I was in Congress, I went on a show called Meet the Press, but I'm more so interested in being with Matt and Clint on Meet the Pressers because they're much more exciting, much more fun because I can't think of anything better than to be able to ex exercise my Second Amendment right in pressing that trigger. So join me and stay tuned with Matt and Clint at Meet the Pressers. Meet the Pressers. The answer might be the same, but what's your favorite carry gun, your favorite home defense gun, or your just favorite gun in general? They may be three different ones or they might be the same. What Go. Yeah, so I actually carry a compact 45 for all my enemies out there listening. <laughs> I'm pretty good with it, but I do carry an M1911 because that's what I've always shot in the unit, and I got really good at it. Um, I do have I carry some Glocks as well, but, uh, you know, the Glocks don't feel really good in my hand, not like a 45, so I'm really good at a 45. Even cold gun shooting, I can pull that 45 out and, and uh, you know, drive nails with it. For my home defense, um, I actually sleep with guns all over my house um, when I have them. And, uh, but I like, uh, I actually like my AR-15. I've got a, um, actually I got a cool FNFAL. It's got an eight inch barrel on it and a 7.62. And uh, it's considered a pistol, it's about that long, but uh, you know, that one will definitely put whole, big holes in little people. Um, but normally I carry a pistol of 45, that's my gun for the most part. And uh, I feel pretty comfortable with that. And if I have to do any of the long range shooting, I'll pull out my ARs or, or uh, my FNFAL, FNFAL, so. Uh, basically that's it <laughs> cool joe how about you okay so yeah so like uh I, i've never been a 1911 fan so this is where like dale and i are like on opposite <laughs> sides i don't like the way it feels in my hand i've got kind of big hands so i love a glock uh the unit that dale and i served in after he got out of sf and delta they issued glocks so uh i became a huge fan of the glock 17 um so yeah glock 17 edc um, home protection, dude, uh, Remington 870 Express Magnum. Um, I love a shotgun for home de home defense. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, obviously, like, ARs are great. A any AR platform, I love. But for everyday carry, you know, I definitely a Glock 17 or Glock 17C, uh, the compensated model. Um, I don't like the Glock 19. It's just too small in my hand. Uh, I can shoot it. 
but um, I, I love the Glock 17. So those are my picks. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like I like the Glock 19. It's my it's my everyday carry. The the angle fits me better and it's much less complex. But I will say I don't think you're an American if you don't own a 45. Like That's a nice right. That's right. So, if you don't own one, Joe. You need right, I gotta go. All right, hold on. Let me get a note here. Okay. You guys make sure you make enough money in your yeah. first year. You can buy one from Cabot Guns. It's made out of like meteorite and has Mastodon tusk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I owned a Kimber way back in the day, and I remember I traded it uh, for something. I don't even remember what it was, but yeah, I um, I'll tell you what. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of any double action gun. Because um, like a SIG 226, I just, you know, that first trigger pull, you're getting like 11 pounds, right? Oh, double single, that yeah. hammer back, yeah. you know, like a Beretta 92FS. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, you know, you got that, whatever it is, 11 pound trigger pull, and then boom, it sets. And now you've got, you know, whatever it is, single like action. five pounds or whatever yeah. it is. Yep. So I'm not a big fan of double actions. Same. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've shot 45s before, but they just, the, the grip is so narrow. Um, I just can't seem to get enough meat on it to really yeah. feel like I'm... Actually, you might be able to find one used somewhere. Actually, Para Ordnance made a double stack 1911 that was actually very reliable. It was a pretty they damn good did. gun. Yeah, that was back in the day. They did have a double stack 45. Yeah, they did. Did you, did you notice the pun there, Darryl, Dale, where he, where he said uh, a very reliable 1911? Like, it's not they're not right, normally right, reliable? Right. Yeah, that, that was... <laughs> that was oh, well, hold on a second. Oh, you point me. On. I, got a, I got a chance to throw Dale under the bus here. So and I never served in Delta, but it's my understanding that the unit actually changed from 1911s. I think they use Glock 34s now or something. I think they went to a Glock, and I know the Army did. I know Army SF did. But I think I think uh, Delta went to the Glock as well. Well, you know why, right? Because the 45 is actually very complex. You know, the, the, oh, the yeah. controls on it, you know, the mechanisms, you know. So, you know, it takes a guy with high intellect to be able to manage one of those guns, especially if you have a malfunction, you know, something like that. There's a lot of things to do it. So now they had to make it simple for the new kids, you know. It's like, I just uh-huh. need a piece of plastic that I can point and pull the trigger, you know, and that's it. You know? So, that's yeah, you know. It's changed, man. You know, well, you, you know, man. if you get enough, if, if you get enough reps on anything, you'll get True. really good and efficient well, with it. And that's oh, what yeah. you know. Yeah. That's what Dale. That's what you said. As far as yeah. you get a lot of experience with it, and I'll tell my students, say maybe a 1911 isn't ideal, especially for somebody new. Um, but you know, I usually direct them towards the striker fire nine millimeter, something to that extent, with no external safety because right. the timeline's already limited. And to add add a safety or other mechanisms that they have to turn off without a lot of training. And we know a lot of people don't want to do a lot of training these days because, you know, I got a gun, you know, I I know how to use it. And that's where it ends. Well, or that or the instructor will hold someone to this arbitrary SF standard. And like Mr. and Mrs. Johnson is not going to put 20 years of reps into a 1911 to get really good at turning that safety off and running the gun. Very true. It's got too much recall. Too much recall for the average person, you know. It's, sure. It takes yeah. a little conditioning to, to manage that. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's, it makes a big boom for a lot of people. That's more than they can tolerate. Um, actually, I found that, you know, the, I also have a, um, a Springfield Army M1911 um, and a TRP. And I actually like it because, you know, with the barrel length and everything, it's actually very stable. And like I said, I can pull that thing out, cold gun. i not even shoot it for a year, pull it out, and start uh, – you know, hitting and nailing the X-ring super fast because um, it is a flat, a nice flat uh, re, uh, recoil on the gun. But for some people, it's just too much. The you know the big bang sound and stuff like that. So they need a little girly gun, you know, like a Glock. Like <laughs> well, not to mention the cartridge <laughs> itself. But when you look at a striker fire gun, you have so much of a shorter bore axis and less mass on top of the slide. That's so right, yeah. in recovery, man, I can get three shots off in the time I can get two with a 1911, and I'm pretty yeah. good. You know, I'll take the Pepsi challenge. I'm a pretty good shooter. Yeah. But you don't have that extra weight of the slide moving back which is where you get your muzzle flip because it doesn't go up when you go bang it goes bang and then slide goes back and then it goes up right yeah that's a lot of people don't understand what actually causes recoil and that's an that's an excellent uh uh, description of it yeah Uh, sure i mean if if you're not holding the gun properly it's going to jump sure but you know the the vast majority of that muzzle flip is when the slide goes rearward that's right you know it's funny you said that because you know i look at a lot of firearms instructors today you know and so when you look at the i got my surf gun here when you look at my support hand grip, right? Uh, normally they just grab like this and they point both thumbs forward and they think, okay, I got the right grip. Actually, they don't. Um, you know, when this grip first came out, Jerry Barnhart and John Shaw, the whole idea was to cant your wrist, 
right? And it's going to feel uncomfortable. And the reason why, once you grab it, it's going to actually manage to recoil. That's why yeah. you have this grip, right? And so most people still just grab like this. They think this is proper because I got it. My thumbs are paid going forward, but they're still getting a lot of flip in the gun. Um, but if you lock your wrist, you know, it should feel Absolutely. very uncomfortable. And if you do it right, you really can't even extend your arms all the way out. Okay. Ergonomically, it just doesn't fit, but the gun's actually stable and your recoil is easier, which allows you to do what? Reacquire your sights much yeah. faster for your know, second trigger pull. Yeah. If you um, just re-engage your shoulders, it's right back down on it. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of instructors out there miss that point. Uh, all they're doing is copycatting everybody else in their form, but they don't understand that, uh, you know, it's actually the form that facilitates the function. And the function is to manage the recoil, keep that gun flat and level after every shot so you can shoot faster and more accurately. Mm -hmm. Well, Dale, um, you should check out, I did an article on Personal Defense Network called uh, Bone Support and a Heavy Backbeat. And I talked about how the, the bones work when you're playing drums and when you're yeah. shooting. I had the opportunity to take a picture of myself with an x-ray with, with that thumb all the way forward. And you can That's see right. how getting that bone in line, it really locks it in there. Like I can't move my wrist, so it limits that movement. Mm -hmm. So re-engaging the shoulders will just put and not, it right back down on. And not only that, that support thumb, all you do is point it at your target. I'm going to shoot that target, that target, yep. that target. And human it's beings are really just like it's Billy like the kid when he was a kid. He'd walk up behind people and just point at them. And yeah, mom didn't need sights to poke me in the chest when I mouthed off when I was a kid. She just <laughs> poked me with the. Hey, <laughs> humans are real good at that. Hey, I'm Larry Vickers of Vickers Tactical, and this is Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. I was not brought on to dual survival. Okay as a survival expert okay i am not a survival expert when i well when i got on the show i knew basically what a special operations guy would know basic stuff just basic basic stuff because here's the deal if you're rubbing <laughs> sticks together on a mission you you've done up. screwed up really <laughs> bad okay yeah. you need exactly. to be taken out of the gene pool real yeah. fast okay yeah. it's called a freaking lighter okay yeah. Um, but so I was brought into dual survival as a, to represent a different viewpoint on survival. And my viewpoint was from the special operations side. Okay. We get good gear and, and all this, regardless of what training you have, I don't care what survival school you've been to. My philosophy is be prepared. Yeah. Because if you put yourself in, in an austere environment, okay and you are reduced to rubbing, you know, sticks together to make a fire, you've had it. <laughs> you will not survive, I'm here to tell you. Right. Look, I work with the best guys on the planet. Matt Graham was my last partner. That dude was amazing. He was a physical stud and athlete, and I watched that guy do things that I never thought you could do, making fires, and he <laughs> failed at times. It's not just about, oh, here's two pieces of dry wood, and I'm gonna rub them together and make it, doesn't work that way. There's all kinds of things that go into it. But yeah, I'm more about the preparedness, making a bug out bag, you know, what you should have, ways yep. to avoid getting in that survival situation. Because let me right. tell you something, guys, once you're in it, your clock, your survival clock is right. tick tock, tick tock, tick. I want to share a really <laughs> funny story. And Dale, I've never told you this. And if oh. you're going to laugh, you need to turn the other way. All right. <laughs> so, no lie, guys. This is a true story. When I was on dual survival, it was the second season I was on. We were off. We weren't shooting. And a very close friend of mine asked me to go fishing with him on the Tar River, okay, which is up near Raleigh. And so it was wintertime. It was December, snowing. And what we were going to do is we were going to uh, go up river about three miles on his little trolling motor and just turn it off and just float down the river, and he was just going to fish. We were just going to hang out. We ain't seen each other for a while, just we're going to talk. So we go up there, we go up the river, and there, now to paint the picture, it's snowing, there's snow on the ground, ice alongside the river. We go up, we turn the engine off, and we're floating down. We probably made it a third of the way, and as we're floating, a bunch of deer that were laying on the side of the river popped up, and this huge buck, and my buddy stood up, and he's like, look at this, and guess what happened? Bloop! Flip the boat. No bullshit. Damn. In the water we went. Uh, 
over our heads. I remember <laughs> seeing his tackle box floating. Of course, your adrenaline's dumping. And I don't know if you guys know um, when you fall in the, in the cold water, um, you Shock. get that. It's called the mammalian reflex. Yep. You go, <gasps> right? And mm -hmm. that's what causes people to drown. It's not the water so damn cold. It's just yep. as soon as they fall in it, it's a, it's a uh, contraction of your sternum. And you go, <gasps> and you just suck down water. And mm -hmm. You've had it. I, I remember seeing the boat literally look like the Titanic going down. And I'm like, uh-oh, this is bad. Okay? This is really bad. So – no lie, we get out of the water. I'm, I'm saying, dude, this way, come on, come on, let's get out of the water. We get out of the water, soaking wet. I knew we were about two miles away from where his truck was. Mm. And I, I literally, I, he was shocked. And I grabbed him, I said, listen to me, listen to me. Take your jacket off right now, because we had these down jackets on. It literally felt like I had body armor on. Mm -hmm. Way like, I said, take, no, I can't take my jacket off. I said, take it off right now. And we are running to the truck. Because we will not make it back if we walk. Well, in the running, too, will get your blood going. And yes. Keep, yes. Dude, your it was, um, I think it was like 15 degrees out. Wow. I'm not kidding. That's... So we take our jackets off. And we, here we are running through the snow, soaking wet. I remember hearing my boots. Right? And so we get, to the, we get to where we put the boat in. And we get to the truck. And when I get there, I'm like, Dude, keys. please tell me you've got your keys, <laughs> right? Because I thought he, everything. he had them in his pocket. Oh, so God. he couldn't even unzip his yeah. jacket. I remember I was I couldn't when Lost you're freezing cold, you can't do this. Yeah, right? dexterity loss. Couldn't do, dude. I barely unzipped his jacket. Could not open up his door. Busted out his back window with a rock to get in his truck so we could get in took the keys out and stripped down butt naked and turned the heat on. Yeah. We were that close to buying it, dude. We talk were about, ashing. Talk about shrinkage. Bro, <laughs> it looked like a tick on a fur coat. I ain't lying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. dude, we were ashing. I remember I, I sat in the driver's seat because he was really bad, and I pulled on the visor, and I was ashing. I was straight up look gray. Hmm. And no joke, here I am, guy on the, you know, the survival show, and real world, no joke. I haven't shared that story with a lot of people because it's embarrassing. It but is. It's, it's embarrassing only because <clears throat> everything deep-sixed with the boat. Everything. It just went down this river, and we had to get out, and we ran back. That's what saved us. That's mm -hmm. what saved us. And here's the other thing, dumping our jackets. It wouldn't have been Because able to do that, that made us run faster. You know yeah. what I mean? So that was a real world, no, no BS that happened to me while I was on Dual Survival. I, I actually almost put it in my book. And after I read the story, I'm reading it right. And I'm like, damn, you look dumb. <laughs> I don't know how to win. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you shared it here. It this, is, this is where we go cut. You heard, you heard this on Meet the Pressers first. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Hello, this is Ed Morellis. Uh, I'm the author of uh, FBI Miami Firefight, uh, my book outlining the incident uh, that happened in Miami, Florida on April 11th, 1986. I'm glad to be part of Meet the Pressers with Matt, Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. Go, go ahead and uh, tell everyone your individual websites and then the website for your new, your new venture. Yes, sir. So, yeah, um, you know, I, uh, I just came out with a book called Loan Operator. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, just type at the top loan operator by Joseph Teddy, um, and you can get it in Kindle form and hardback paperback. And then uh, Dale and I uh, started a company called tier one performance coaching websites, tier one performance coaching.com and um, check out the video. It's really cool for those of you that want to take your game to the next level and learn some really interesting stuff like psychosome engineering and how to perform at a level that quite frankly, probably aren't aware that you can format we can help you and uh you know Dell's an expert at this stuff i've actually learned a lot of stuff from him so yeah check us out guys that's awesome all right oh you want something from me <laughs> if, if you like american badass from amazon.com <laughs> buy joe's book and my book and use them as bookends there you go <laughs> <laughs> after you gain all the knowledge from reading them. yeah but we're easy to find by the way you know we're all over social media um and oh by the way just a caveat 
I'm actually writing five more books right now, literally, um, about my life experiences since I wrote American Badass, which has been about, what, seven, eight years ago now? Yeah. And uh, I've done quite a bit, and I'm hoping that one of these will become a movie someday. So, uh, anyways, that's, uh, that's one of my other things I've been involved in lately, among all the other things I'm doing. So, awesome. anyways, there we are. Cool. Super. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks All right, again, guys. guys. Thanks, thanks again. Bye-bye. Take it easy. This is Meet the Pressers. What I want to show you today is the uh, med kit by Mountain Man Medical. As we look inside of this med kit, it has a lot of the things that you would want to have for a trauma kit that you might have on your person for uh, training, but also in case you need to patch up a family member. Uh, part of our job as a family first responder is not only to protect our family, but also to offer medical treatment if for some reason they might need it. So in here we have a, a tourniquet. Uh, I would recommend as soon as you get this kit that you take the tourniquet out of the packaging. Uh, this is a cat tourniquet. The cat tourniquet is one of the very tried, trusted and true types of tourniquets that the military has used for many years uh, overseas. Uh, typically, I would recommend a cat tourniquet or perhaps a uh, soft tea tourniquet. Either one of those have a lot of track record that we can fall back upon as being very reliable. And you want to open it up so that it's large. This way it's easier to deploy if we have to put it on. Also inside of here is a pair of shears. Uh, for some of those wounds that we might need to put a bandage directly onto skin, we don't want to make matters worse by pulling out a pocket knife and maybe causing a bigger problem than what we had. So a pair of shears or a safety cutter would be something that I would include inside of a kit. Also in this kit, they have an ace bandage, which is very useful. Uh, you can use this for many things from wrapping up a sprain to making a splint or even to hold down a bandage and add some compression if there's bleeding. Uh, there are some small packets of gauze that can be used to stuff a wound. Rubber gloves here that are neatly packaged. Don't forget your own personal protection equipment. Uh, we want to avoid those blood-borne pathogens. And then a Sharpie that you can use to put times or other information on the patient that might be useful to those responding uh, EMS that are on their way. Uh, in here we also have a, a quick clot dressing. This has chemicals in it that promotes clotting, so you uh, might want to put this on a wound and then wrap it up and it'll help uh, that clotting to start. Uh, there is also a four inch uh, trauma bandage, uh, compression bandage that can be used. This would need to go on to skin. We have a SWAT tourniquet. SWAT tourniquet's like a big rubber band. It's a very good secondary tourniquet, uh, not as easy or as efficient to deploy as say the cat tourniquet, but definitely a great uh, secondary. It also can be used to make splinting, to tie up an arm, whatever. Uh, I actually keep one of these because my son has very small arms and this cat tourniquet might not apply on him as efficiently as this one would. So if you have children, you might consider having a SWAT tourniquet in your pack as well. Having both of these in the same kit is a pretty cool thing. I think it's awesome that Mountain Man Medical included both of them in. And then lastly, we have the uh, chest seals. Uh, chest seals are purpose-built for a, what's called a sucking chest wound. And uh, if there's a hole in the chest, air is going to be getting in there that will ultimately collapse the lung and maybe push the guts to one side and cause heart attacks and all kinds of terrible things. Uh, the chest seals essentially act like a sticker, but they have a valve on them and they allow air to escape but not to come in. And of course, there's two of them here uh, weighing the plausibility principle, meaning anything's possible, but some things are more probable. Uh, if you were on the range training where you were using full metal jackets, the likelihood of there being an entry wound and an exit wound is there. So I recommend having two on you, especially in the training environment. Uh, gunshot wounds on the range are very, very rare. However, when they do happen, often they revolve around some type of holster work. So make sure you're presenting from a holster in a very safe and prudent way. Make sure you're getting that gun clear of the holster before you orient and extend through the ready position to get the gun parallel into your line of sight. Also, when reholstering, make sure that you take the time to slowly and reluctantly watch the gun go back into the holster. There is no prize for putting the gun back in the holster quickly. Stay armed, stay safe, and be well-regulated. There's a lot of sponsors that make this show possible, like Mantis. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less.
Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, click the little bell, come on Patreon, help support us that way, come to one of our classes, or host us, we can come to you and do one of our courses at your location. So until next time, adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers.